Welcome to What Christians Should Know, hosted by Dr. Elijah Sadoffel. This podcast equips you with clarity and meaningful answers about God, the Bible, and your Christian life. Now, here's Dr. Sadoffel. Before I dive into this episode's theme verse, I want you to consider a hypothetical. I want you to think about the most evil, dreadful bad guy you can imagine. Take a second and allow that thought to populate your mind. You may have thought about Adolf Hitler, Osama bin Laden, or some other diabolical villain. However, the thing I would like you to consider is this. Even for those bad guys, is it possible that they got saved before they died? Note, I am not making a claim as to if they were saved. What I'm asking is, is it possible that they were saved before they died? Is there any hope even for the worst sinners? To answer this question, I will draw your attention to Exodus 33:19. In that verse, God says to Moses, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. It's crucial to understand the context of this verse. God had already miraculously delivered the people of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. The people were liberated to worship their liberator and the Lord subsequently led his people to Mount Sinai. Moses then goes up the mountain and receives the Ten Commandments on two stone tablets. When he comes down in Exodus 32, what is the first thing he sees? He sees the people practicing blatant idolatry in the form of worshiping the golden calf. Moses is so angry that he shatters the original stone tablets at the base of the mountain. Moses is also fearful because he knows that the people's idolatry is a heinous offense to God. Moses pleads to the Lord and intercedes for the people. He did so heavy laden and discouraged because he lacked confidence. He lacked confidence that God would show mercy to people who were stubborn, rebellious, and scorned the God who just delivered them out of Egypt. To breathe life into Moses' hope and to install within him a resilient assuredness, God says in Exodus 33:19, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. In other words, in response to the gross failures of human beings, God essentially tells Moses, I am the one who chooses whom I will have mercy upon, and my choices do not depend on others. My choices do not depend on the amount of good or the amount of evil they have done. My choices depend on me. What this means for us is powerful and reassuring. Because God demonstrates grace independent of human behavior, our past performance plays no role in if we are saved or not. So is it possible that the really bad, bad guys get saved? Is there any hope for the war sinners? Yes, there is. The best hope for the war sinners is the unconditional election of God. God will be gracious to whom he will be gracious, and he will show mercy on whom he will show mercy. If a person were to say that someone is too bad to be saved, this would imply that God is not free to save them. This would imply that God cannot show them grace because they are too bad. This would imply that their evil restrains God and therefore God is not free. If God is not free, then God is not God. If a person were to say that someone is too bad to be saved, that would imply that God is not sovereign. That would imply that there is a dirty job in the universe that God cannot do. That would imply that a person's sin is more powerful than God. 
If any of those things applied, God would not be sovereign, and if God is not sovereign, then God is not God. The good news is that God is God, and He is free to sovereignly choose who will be saved unconditionally. Romans 8, 29-30 describes what is called the golden chain of salvation. There, the text tells us that from start to finish, God is the exclusive agent in the salvation process. In other words, God and God alone decides who gets saved, and that decision is made before a person is born. What does this mean? It does not mean that God examines you or your background and then decides to save you. It does mean that God chooses unconditionally regardless of you or your background. The resilient confidence from this glorious doctrine is that when a free sovereign God chooses you, nothing can unchoose you. You have eternal security knowing that your salvation rests not in your works but in the hands of God. Even if you are a really bad, bad guy, your past sins do not stand a chance when they come face to face with the blood of Jesus. The best hope for the worst sinners is the unconditional election of God. And what do you think happens when God does save one of the worst sinners? That justified sinner now praises God. All those who bear witness to God's grace exalt Him for His mercy. Saving the worst of sinners is a means by which God is glorified. What we've talked about so far addresses the mind. We've talked about what God has said and explained what the doctrine of unconditional election actually means. But what about the heart? How can you really trust God? If you have a past filled to the brim with things you are not proud of, how can you really trust that God will have mercy on you and remember your sins no more? Trust God by looking back at what He did. Look at what He did in His Word. Time and time again, God redeemed broken people who were hard-hearted, stiff-necked, and rebellious. And guess what? In the end, their indiscretions did not play a role if they were elect or not, if they were saved or not. God still chose and used liars like Abraham, adulterers like David, deniers like Peter, and murderers like Paul. You can also trust God by looking at what He did on the cross. God sent His Son to die for all of His elect. He did that to pay the penalty for the elect's sins so that God could treat all of His children with His grace. God already did that, so no matter how bad the bad guy, the blood of Christ is sufficient to atone for all of their sins. If God says you are saved, no one can ever say no. What then shall we say to these things? The best hope for the worst sinner is that God is the most powerful force in the universe, and from Him flows His sovereign, free, and gracious love. One of the applied benefits of that gracious love is unconditional election. Thank you for listening. For more valuable resources, including a bookstore and online Bible study, visit wcsk.org.